Alright, um, so we're in a sermon series in uh, Acts. So we'll do the way the second part of the sermon series and we'll be covering from Acts 1 and 9 to 14. Thank you very much. And, uh, I, I said on Sunday it's one of the more peculiar or funny, uh, funny events. Uh, when you think about it, at least over the years when I thought about uh, this particular event, that the, the first ascension, uh, it gets a little more... Uh, just if we take some time to think about what is happening, and all of a sudden Jesus just goes away in the air, and they're standing there looking. At least to me that is kind of an interesting or funny, funny part. Uh, maybe you don't have the same kind of human as me, so that's okay, uh, but it, it still has a great importance to talk about this today, and we'll, we'll, we'll take a look at that. And, but let's read together first. Um, and when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and the cloud took him out of the sight. And when they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood with them in white robes, and said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing there looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come the same way as you saw him go into heaven. And then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, which is near Jerusalem, on Sabbath day, journey away. And when they had entered, they went into the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John, James and Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew. James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Solid, and Judas, the son of James. All these, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So last week, Miles, he brought us up to this point in the, in the story. Uh, talking about who wrote the book, uh, Luke. This is like Luke's uh, second book after the book of Luke. He writes to Theophilus, uh, a friend who is explaining the faith. Um, so, so uh, Miles was talking about how Jesus had just promised them uh, and reminded them about that uh, he was going to send the Holy Spirit, he was going to give them power, and they were going to be witnesses. We talked about, we talked about that in the Bible study. And they didn't really have a choice. <laughs> he was like, you are going to be witnesses from here to the end of the earth. So just that encouragement that, wow, this is going to happen. There's a new mission here. God is a, or Jesus is commissioning them. He's like encouraging them. But then uh, what happens? Then all of a sudden, uh, and when they had, and when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him, and he was gone. This was the most normal picture. This was the no, no most normal video of this like uh, There's a lot. Of, there's a lot more crazy. But I just, I, and this is why I said it's one of the more funny parts of the Bible. Because what if it was you? What if it was us? We were there. Jesus is just giving us this new promise, these new visions. He's like, this is going to happen. You're going to be do these great things. And he had, and he had earlier said, I'm going to be with you always. It's going to be great. 
I'm also going to leave, but then sometimes they don't listen to that part so much. So they're standing there on a hill, and Jesus is talking, and all of a sudden he just he just goes he just goes away, and they're. I was just thinking, what would I be thinking, or what would you be thinking if that was happening? So I wasn't trying to like. I'm not trying to be, uh, it's just that was the most normal thing I could find. And I thought it's actually good because it's not, it's not like earthquakes, thunder, fire, it just happens. And then he's gone. And then, uh, <laughs> this is the funny part now. <laughs> what would you do and what would the disciple do? Uh, they're just standing there. <laughs> they're just standing there looking. Um, but it's probably, like I said, it was also probably a little bit confusing because he had said, I'm going to be with you always into the, into the end of the world. So it probably leaves the disciples uh, shocked and surprised because they just keep standing looking into the sky. Uh, and I guess I would have done the same, but I, didn't he just say that he was going to be with us always? Do you think he's going to come down? Uh, do you think we're going to see him again when the cloud, <laughs> when the cloud disappears? Uh, so I was just trying to put, a, put myself in their shoes and be like, well, what, 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 what would I be thinking at that point? And then at this, at this point in my preparation, I got hungry. <laughs> and so I left to go into the kitchen. And as I was... I have this mode where I get into preparation, so I just I was still in this mode. So as I was walking in there, I was reminding about um, there's another person that has sense in the Bible. He sends in a will, will, will win. I knew that was going to have to say, but a wind takes him up. And so it's from uh, oh sorry, <laughs> that was the verse I just referenced where he says, "I'm going to be with you until the end." Um, uh, but to hear from Second Kings. Um, so in 2 Kings, uh, there's been many warnings that Elijah is going to be taken away. And uh, uh, Elijah is getting kind of frustrated. He doesn't want him to leave. Um, he keeps sticking with him. But then this happens. Um, As they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horsemen separated the two. And Elijah went up in a whirlwind into heaven. And Elijah saw him cried out, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. Did the, did the disciples feel the same? They've now set their hope twice in Jesus. First he died. Then he came back. Yes, he's back. But now, but now he went away again into heaven. And he had just said that he was going to be with us forever. This Holy Spirit better be a good helper and give us great power, or else how we, we can't do this mission? And then what mission? I'm still trying to see if I can see Jesus up there somewhere. Um, and where did Jesus go? And what did the disciples see? Later in Acts we see where he's seated. We see that the stoning of Stephen. He's at the right hand of the Father. Now they're now the disciples are standing on this hill. Jesus has disappeared, and they are they're, they're standing there. They're like, is he coming down? 
did he fall down somewhere? Because in the in the in the other text, I will get there. Let's let's read this one. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? That's a good question. This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So all of a sudden, these two men appear as the twelvers, as the eleven are standing like this. Is he coming down, or what's happening? So, uh, so, so they're standing there, and the two men show up. And I think it's really the grace of God, because at what point in time would they have stopped looking into heaven if God didn't send somebody to say, hey guys, what are you doing? Uh, and because in the other account, like in the Elijah account, uh, people don't uh, believe uh, Eliza, and they put out these 50 men who should find Elijah. He's probably just falling down somewhere. The spirit of God just moved him. And so I think that's, that's why it's so important that they all see what happens. It's not like the 11 they see and that he's going to heaven symbolizes he's going to go and be with God. They all see it, um, but are still quite confused about it. But at least they don't send 50 men looking all over the valleys and seeing that Jesus fell down somewhere. And then the two men appear and explain what's happened. They explain it. Guys, you can stop looking into the air. Today, nothing more is going to happen. You can go on. You can go on with what he told you to do. And what did he tell them to do? He said, tell them to wait. Go into Jerusalem and wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. So don't, you can stop looking into the sky now, guys. The show is over. Go do, go wait. But it's not only that, because they also say the second part, they say, this Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way you saw him go. So the two men are, they're not just like me, where it's like, hey, guys, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Jesus told you what to do, you're not supposed to stay in here all afternoon just looking into the sky. No, they also bring them great hope and say, well, Jesus is coming back. He will come back. Just as you've seen him go, he will come back physically to restore all things. Um, and they kind of remind the disciples of these verses from John. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, in my father's house, there are many rooms. If it was not so, I would have told you. I would. I told you that I go prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you with my, to myself, that where I am, you may also be. He's reminding the disciples that he is going to come back um, to restore all things. But still, but still, what about being left alone again? But in the, same, in the same passage, just a little bit later, it 
But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all I've said to you. Peace I live with you, leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I was reminded about these verses because I think for a lot of us it would be very easy. It would be easy that it would be right the opposite. That we would, Jesus goes away, we're standing there looking into the heaven. It's probably a good chance that the disciples and also if it was us, that our hearts would be troubled and we would be afraid. They had put their hopes in Jesus, but he had just left them. Instead of two messengers, they, they really give them this great new hope. They remind them again that Jesus said that he would come back. The messengers gets the disciples to move on from looking into the sky. When I came to this part of my preparation, I was just thinking about myself, maybe also thinking about you. What happens when we don't think things are working out the way they should? If all of a sudden something happened, you thought it was going to be this way, and all of a sudden, it's not that way. You're supposed to go this way. And I think it that can happen with many things in life. I thought it was going to go this way. I thought it was going to go this way. Where do we go when those things happen? And they happen to all of us. Do we go to where the messengers are, are pointing, the disciples? Stop looking into the sky. He will come back. And we move to what God has called you. To call you to Is our hope the same place? We're not looking into the sky, but we know that He's coming back, and therefore we continue. The hope is that Jesus is coming back. And then what happens next? They return to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, the Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, um, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. All these were with one accord devoting themselves to prayer together with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So instead of getting stuck looking at the sky, they move on. They go into town. I don't know about you, but sometimes if things don't go the way I like it to go, I kind of get stuck and get stuck in that, like you can the railroad track thing. I was, it was supposed to go this way, and it's not going this way, but I'm kind of stuck there mentally. So sometimes that can happen to me, and I'm wondering if there was a chance that those disciples they were going to get stuck just looking to the sky. 
But what about you? Do you sometimes get stuck when things don't go the way that you thought they were supposed to go? You might remember thinking this was God's leading you somewhere, but it didn't turn out the way you thought it should. Or even maybe harder for a generation like ours. What do you do, or what do I do, when you have to when you have to wait? This generation is so used to getting everything immediately. I'm stealing this illustration. Some of you have, have some of you this week has probably, um, what do you call it, has uh, swiped away or gone to a different web page because something didn't load fast enough. That's probably all of you, because you were going to watch something online and it went, it didn't go fast enough, and so you just uh, swiped it away. I'll find something else. Some of you are old enough to know that when the incident happened, that was totally different. It took you like an hour to get a picture, but. But the question is, if things are not going the way you thought they should, or if you're asked to wait, things are not happening in the timing you want them to do, and you were kind of sure it would be, what do you do at that time? And maybe it's not just like on a big scale, what do I actually do when I'm sitting in the doctor's office waiting? Or I'm at the dentist. I don't like to go to the dentist, but or I'm just waiting anywhere. Like I was even up here before the service, and the thing is, uh, the computer just didn't work. The internet didn't work, and I was like, I just get more and more frustrated. And I was like, What's your sermon about? <laughs> well, what am I doing when things aren't working? What am I doing when I'm supposed to be waiting? We saw what the disciples chose to do. They were called by the, they were encouraged by the, the two men. Stop looking at the sky. Go back and wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. So they all do that. It's a short wait because they're allowed to walk in on the Sabbath. Um, so it's not that far. They go back. They go into the upper room. Some people think it's all the same old room that they did all the things in. But it was the place that they were hanging out. The place that they were. But it just, you know, they don't just go there and pick their noses and, and do whatever, watch cat videos on YouTube. They, they actually, they actually devoted themselves with one accord to prayer as they were waiting. The question to me and to other people, also in my great frustration here just before the service, well, am I just getting frustrated and mad? Or am I pouring my heart out to God in prayer? In my time of waiting? In the time when it's just hard, or just, you're just confused. In, when you're hot, you might have a tendency to become worried. And you can say, we're even in a different time, because next week we're going to see uh, the church being born and Pentecost come. So we actually live in a different time. We live in a time where the power 
that Jesus talked about has actually been poured out. And that power that he's talking about the disciples will get, the power to win, the power to talk about Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and also his coming back. Joseph said it in his prayer. We are empowered by God to be lights and salt in the world. Just like the disciples. We will be witnesses. The question is maybe sometimes if we are believers in Jesus, that is true. We are his witnesses. We have been given the Holy Spirit. The question sometimes can be like as we, as we talked about, what do we actually do in our waiting? What do we do in our disappointment? What do we do in our shock? Is it a, I'm just gonna get all my frustrations out on uh, Facebook, or things that happened this week where I just got so mad, I, I, I just said, I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> I'm so, so frustrated at some people. Uh, I just go to God, God, I don't get this, and maybe it's because I want to follow you and stuff, and just help me with understanding why, why these things are happening. And even as we look into this, and I'm not sure I have like, the right words, um, but I am going to, in the whole sermon series, I will, I, it's one of my great wishes for myself and for all of us that we will be more, we will be more encouraged that, as the scripture says, we have all the gifts and we have all the spiritual power we need in us to live this life for Jesus. Um, but if you're a little bit like me, sometimes, sometimes maybe we're not quiet enough, or we think I can do this on my own, or but there's not actually this devotion to prayer that I can actually hear where and how to be that witness at that time. So I think that, and I hope, pray that this series will be one where we encourage all of us that if you are a believer, you know you have that power inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. And as John says, and I think it's such a beautiful passage where it's not John says it's Jesus who talks about the Holy Spirit coming, that that me and my Father, we will come and take residence inside of you. That the power of the Trinitarian God would come and indwell us. That we are a temple of the living God. And you've heard it in many songs and all things like, if God is for us, who then can be against us? Is if, if this is the power that raised Christ from the dead that's in us, then surely we can be the sight, surely we can be the light and salt in the world that we have been called to be. Surely we can be those witnesses. 
And again, it's not going to be in our own strength. It's not going to be in our own power. Because converting people is, is, the, is the Holy Spirit's business. But God can use us. I was listening to this song. God, you don't really need me. But you actually want me. God could do all this stuff on his own. But he's inviting us in to be partners in this. To, to do the work. To be the witnesses. An exciting job to to really to really just just share all the stuff that God has done in us. So I want to be just encouraging us all to keep saying to one another, and that's actually also why we have the testimony time. Is that we see like if that guy can do it, then I can also share. Like not that, not that way, but if, if we if each of us can do it, we can encourage each other that we can actually do this, and not just because like oh that uh, Abel he's so much more bold than you, no, because the same spirit lives in us, and that's why I can be emboldened. So we're not left alone. God's power can move in us and save and relieve the people around us. The Trinity has taken up residence in us. We've become the dwelling place of God. We're never alone. Jesus has said, he says in Matthew, all power in heaven and earth has been given to you. That's why you can bring good news around, to even to the end of the world. But the thing is, we should probably just stop where we are first. Just not where we are. And like, for them it was in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to them. Let's just stop where we are. Let's start becoming more aware that we have that kind of power in us to share what Christ has done. What God has done in Christ. That when we do that, we glorify Jesus and God is glorified and Jesus being glorified. And the Holy Spirit is glorified when when the Holy Spirit brings to remember us these things we've learned about who God is. But how will this be done? I was thinking and praying about this. Most moves of God, most moves, most moves of God, uh, they start with a confession, with prayer, with great worship and love for God, and wanting to serve. Having willing hands to say, God, this is your day. I am yours. Encourage us to be a praying people. A people mocked by the power of God in us. Praying that we pray knowing that God is able. Praying with, as Paul says many times, great thanksgiving. We worship Jesus because he's so worthy. And God is glorified in our prayers and in our obedience. And then we come to the part where, but how is all this possible? Well, by the same grace that the disciples was given, God is so graceful. It's possible because when we were still in our sin and in our darkness, God, He sent Jesus to redeem and save us from our sins. By His life, His death on the cross, His resurrection, and His ascension as we saw today, and the great hope that He's coming back. That's how all this is possible. God provides for this salvation in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the promised one, the gift, 
the new life, the new creation. We are in Christ. By that we also get the power to live a godly life, being witnesses as the Holy Spirit empowers us to live that. That's how we can live our, our lives with Jesus. And it's a free gift. It's a free gift to receive by faith. By turning to repent of your sins, get baptized, become a follower of Jesus as Lord and Savior. And then as we read later, Peter's going to say, then you will receive the Holy Spirit as a gift. For us as followers of Jesus Christ, it's the Bible, every time the Bible encourages us and the Holy Spirit teaches us through the Bible, it's to embolden us, it's to encourage us, it's to remind us about all the things that are already true. But sometimes in a busy day, in a, in a lazy day, in a bad weather day, in a good weather day, we just forget. Unfortunately, our hearts are set to forget oftentimes, but we need to Im, 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 encourage and fan this to flame that it's really true. That yes, God is actually wanting to use you and me to be witnesses and to encourage other people. And for us as believers, as Paul says, rejoice. Rejoice that all of this is true. Rejoice in who Jesus is. Rejoice in your worship. Rejoice in your prayers. And thank God for all He's done in and through you in the world. One last thing. And it's not that it's a new thing, but it is something I would like also for us to consider in this sermon series is look at how everyone is described. Look at how the disciples are described. They don't know everything. They're not perfect people. We all know we sin and fall short of the glory of God. But as after we've been created, after we have been a new creation, now the language becomes that we are sons and daughters of God. We are saints. So many of us, depending on your tradition, can be like, I understand the sin of God. I'm not sure I understand the child of God, Saint Paul. And I think we have to have those intentions that it doesn't become the one because then I think we become ineffective. We're saying you are a new creation in Christ. You have been given this power to be witnesses. You are adopted into the king's family. He has given you a job and encouragement. And no, it's not resting on your shoulders. It's resting on Jesus' shoulders. His work is done and he's asked you to participate. So those are what I got for us today, and then next week we can continue about uh, continue the chapter. Um, but those encouragement is like, what happens when you get stuck? Maybe that's more metaphorically, or maybe it's like, really, you get stuck and you don't know what to do. Um, where does your hope lie? Where is your identity? Where do you get your value and worth? The invitation for me today is that they come from Jesus. And that maybe there's a lot more inside of you than you never thought was. Because if you're a believer, the Trinity in the Holy Spirit resides in you. And you actually do have the power 
to live the life that God has called you to do. But that's also why you have the church. Because we have a tendency just to forget this all the time. But we can encourage each other to do this. If you don't know Jesus at all, the same thing I just said is available to you if you believe. I cannot make you believe there or there and I cannot make you believe here. But the offer of God in Christ is for everyone who believes. Turn to sin and follows God. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time. Um, Lord, I thank you for your grace and your mercy towards the disciples. Because Lord, I'm pretty sure I'll be, I'm pretty sure I would have been there just standing in the sky and be like, when did he go again? Now, this Jesus. Um, Lord, thank you so much for coming and reminding them, reminding us today um, of all you've done and all that you do. And Lord, it's really my prayer for myself and for all of us, Lord, that we would grasp how significant it is that you've made us a new creation. And you have said that you come reside in us and that your power can help us live this life in a way where we're witnesses to all that you've done. And you can call people to yourself as we live this life for you. Help me continue to teach me about how to pray Continue to teach me to be steadfast in prayer. Continue to be to for all of us to run to you in those situations where we get stuck or we're waiting. Help us to not be as easily annoyed as maybe everybody else in this generation because they used to get anything like this. Help us to pause and believe that you are there. That we trust your leading pray and we can encourage, be encouraged by how you do even when it's foggy and we don't see where we're going Lord I just want to pray just, just an extra part for the people that are right there now in a time where they thought they would be somewhere else in a time where they're, just, they're waiting, getting frustrated Lord I pray you would come and encourage the hearts and minds to see what you're doing even in this time and for all of us to be reminded that in a new creation you're in us and you can do your work. We thank you, we praise you for your grace and your mercy towards us. In Jesus' name.